Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, this morning we ask, O oh God, that your word come to us unhindered, uninterrupted by any satanic influence or activity. We pray in the name of Jesus that our eyes be opened, our heart be flooded with so much light. We would see here and know what your spirit is saying to us right now. To the glory and the honor of your name, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right, are you ready for the word of God this morning? Come on, are you ready for the word of God this morning? Lift your right hand and say after me, this is my Bible, if you have one. Oh, come on. I know most people will hold their phones. It's okay. This is my Bible. It is the final authority in my life. I believe the word. I believe the word of God. I receive the word of God. I rejoice at the word of God. And I declare the word of God is established in my life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Right. This morning, we have, I have a powerful assignment in front of me. And the teaching focus is what we call the aftermath. And right after the next conference, I believe that one of the questions in the hearts of many people, maybe 80% of the people who attended the next conference, the question in most people's hearts would simply be, what next? And after this kind of amazing, powerful conference, the question is, where do we go from here? What's the next thing to do? For some people it is, I think I need to increase my prayer life. For some people it is, I think, many instructions, whatsoever instructions that come. And so, not only as a church are we responsible to stir the direction for the people so that people can understand exactly what next to do, we are also responsible to show the people what is next for them in cooperation with them believing that that is truly what is next for them. And this is why this morning's teaching is so pivotal, so crucial. It's going to be very basic, very fundamental, but it's going to really help us to position and prepare for that next thing that God wants to do for us. And now, just by the way, today is Father's Day, yes or no? So, if you have a male, a male in front or beside you, say, Happy Father's Day. Point to like three people around you. Increase the volume a little bit. Play the keys for me. I just play, right? Amen. Ask them, what did you bring for me today? 
I saw that last time, Mother's Day, they, they took care of themselves. I hope there are plans for guys. Pastor Dayton, see, the way Pastor Dayton is dressed, there's no plan for us. So, <laughs> so after service, let's just go and watch <laughs> the continuation of the next conference at home. Today's Father's Day, and my message will be tied in such a way that it answers the question of what next. You see, the biggest challenge or what I would call the biggest social challenge of our time would not be drugs, it would not be alcohol, it would not be sex, it would be many people without fathers. And when I talk about fathers there, I'm not only talking about a biological father. I want you to listen to me very carefully this morning. Because my teaching this morning is focused on divine purpose. After this kind of conference, we ought to navigate for people so that people can understand divine purpose, divine agenda, divine assignment, and so that they can know where they fit into all the big grammar that was spoken at the conference and know what their part is and what they ought to play in this big picture. And so the most urgent social problem in our generation will be fatherlessness. According to Times Magazine, and this is a secular magazine, they say that one out of every five black in the U.S., one out of every five, I mean, that's a very ridiculous, interesting statistics, one out of every five black guy that you see, his father is in jail or just came out of jail. One out of every five black. Another statistic shows that in the year 2040, hear this, this is so powerful, 30% of the black population across the world, I don't know why it's black, they always, ask, they always put a lot of problem on us. But 30% of the black population across the world 30% of the male figure, father figure, would either be in prison or just coming out of prison. If you check deep statistics, you will see that 40% of the contribution of any success to anybody's life, both male and female, has a lot to do with the father figure. And so this is a pivotal and interesting subject in connection to what is going on or what happened at the next conference. Another statistic that I have here says that 38% of kids in the West live without their fathers. 38% of kids in the West. Now then, we ought to understand that the first institution that God created by himself, the very first institution that was created was the family institution. The family institution was created before the church was created. And that's to let you know how powerful, how pivotal, how important, 
how necessary the family institution is to the grand scheme of things in every agenda of God. This is why the very first day of the next conference we started with family. Because it is powerful, it is crucial, it is important. Nobody goes up to become a bad child. Nobody. Nobody, see, every little child at the age of one month, two months, three months did not desire to become an higher killer. And so God created the father, the, the family institution first as the first institution before the church. Now, listen, if God knew that the family unit was very important, then you and I must understand also that the family is so important to God. If it was not important to God, God would create the church first. The church, listen, was born out of a man's revelation, Peter. Jesus says, who the men say that I am? He said, you are the Christ. He said, upon this revelation would I build my church. The church, the first time you started to see the church, meaning the physical gathering of the saints, the ecclesia, the first time you started to see that was in the book of Acts. Acts of the Apostles. But before the Acts of the Apostles and Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, there were thousands of years. Bible scholars say, it is between 2,000 to 3,000 years before that act. So you see the family institution. In fact, when we talk about the blessing of God in the life of Abraham, you would see that God had to find a family. And that's why when Abraham was leaving his father's house, he took his wife along, Sarah, because God had to find a family he could use and perpetuate his assignment with. So the family institution is so important. The family institution is so powerful. The father figure is so powerful. And let me tell you something. You can call it feminism for all I care. The honest truth, believe it or not, according to the scripture, written in the scripture, the man is the head of the family. Amen. That puts a burden on the man, the male figure. The woman, and like people say, the reason for the word woman is a woman with a womb. Meaning that if you feel like a woman and you don't have a womb, you are still a man. You can clap, it's okay to clap. No matter how you feel, as long as you don't have that womb to carry and nurse a child for nine months, you are a man. You can put this, put that. What else do you want to put again? Wear wig. You are still a man. Amen. And so that puts a burden on the male child. I'm not preaching a Father's Day message. You will find out in a moment that this message is for all of us. Now then, statistics also shows that most of the children or the child that has come out to be successful, not only was that the father or the mother involved in the role of that child, there were many other factors. And 
it is by this wisdom of God, God understood and understand that there are several deficiencies that would occur or might occur in the family units, which is why the church was created. I want you to hear me very well this morning. So much so that the church is created to fit in certain deficiencies, certain shortcomings that has occurred. Let me tell you something. I still dare to say it again. The church is the last card for this world. The church. Meaning that there are certain home training you will not get in your house, which you ought to get. Certain divine curriculum. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that it should go. Meaning that every child has a divine curriculum by God imputed in the heart of the parent on how that child must be trained. Meaning that the curriculum required to train or train Pastor um, Dickie Laolu is not the same curriculum required to train uh, Pastor Mrs. Abby. It's not the same. The same curriculum. Let me tell you something. The way David trained his mighty men in Cape Abdullam was not the same way Abraham trained his 318 men in his household. The way David trained his mighty men was not the same way Jesus trained his 12 disciples. Meaning that when the Bible says train up a child in the way that he should go, it says when he grows old, he will not, be, he will not depart. Meaning that there is a curriculum designed for every child on how they should be trained and it is by that training that they follow. The regiment of that training, when they are now old, they will not depart. Why? They follow through the regiment of that training. So in the wisdom of God, in the understanding of the spirit, God now sets up the church system as a model, as a short course. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. So much so that it could be, or if there is, any form of deficiency in the family unit, either by the father or the mother, then the church steps in and fills some of the gaps in that place. That's why you will find most of you and many people in this room, many of your training came from home, but you realize that the core training required for life, you did not really get it at home. Meaning that the same thing with university. You decided when you were in secondary school that you are going to become a doctor, even though you don't like to see blood. Just because they told you there's money in that thing, so you entered there like me that they told me there's money in applied geophysics. And if I go and do applied geophysics, I'll become a geologist and I'll be eating oil money. The money, oil money has even almost dry now. I wish they told me there was something called tech then. I'll just be tech bro. Tech bro. You know, but you went to school and when you went to school, somebody taught you physics in that school. Somebody taught you psychology in that school. Meaning that no matter how anointed or how good your father is on the earth, your father cannot teach you physics. The only thing we have in common in our generation with our fathers is that all of them became first. All of them. When I was on your age, I used to collect a word. 
Now, who carry last in their generation? All of them became first. That's the only thing all of us have in common. But somebody had to teach you physics. Somebody had to teach you mathematics. Somebody had to teach you certain things before you became, you graduated off of school and you had BSc or NYSC or whatever LC. Somebody had to. So you see that if the systems of this world has a divine curriculum or a curriculum designed to place and to help fill in certain inadequacies in your family to make you become the man required or the woman required for you to be, to become all that you ought to be and your potentials to come to life, then also the church, the spiritual institution of God, the governing council of God also has a curriculum required for you to become all that you have to be. And guess what? That is the very one that most people walk away from. That is the very one that most people feel like, oh, no, 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 no. Because it is an app designed by God in order to help you fix certain trainings Certain things you didn't get. Either by the omission of certain courses or certain curriculums by the parent or by the father or by the mother. And this is why it is so crucial, it is so vital that God then begins to create these systems so that you can become all, somebody say all, that he has called you to become. Train up a child in a way that he should go. When he is grown, as long as he's trained in the way that he should go, he will not depart. So then, there is an emphasis in this season and the emphasis in this season is either you believe it or not or you know it or not the current you listen the current you cannot fulfill the fullness of God's plans for your life meaning that there has to be an addition see in the systems of this world if you require for you to become to be promoted in your job and you require to get a particular certification, you have to go and take that course of certification. When you finish it, you present it to your HR, then they consider you for that promotion. Yes or no? It's the same way, there are certain courses you must take that opens you up for divine promotion. I'm telling you the honest truth. You know, I, I thank God, Pastor Bodhi emphasized it. All this supernatural emergence is emergency there are courses you must take. He said it. I mean, there are many people do you see in the Bible that was just promoted. God just carried them and just uplifted them. The first man that was made, Adam, God said he regretted that he made man. Because the first Adam was made as a full man. But the second Adam did not, was not made as a full man. He came as a baby. He had to go through the process. 
Glory be to God. And so, this morning, I would be helping us to understand what we must be doing in this season, particularly if you are a man in this place. Somebody say, Happy Father's Day. Now then, turn your Bible with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. I am talking about understanding divine purpose. Genesis chapter 12. Let me tell you something. See, look at me everyone please. There is a you that you must become in order to fulfill all the things you were excited about at the conference. There's a you. Now, just because you were excited and posting yellow color at the ante room, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything, no. It means nothing. There is a you that you must become. There is a you. And that is the shortcomings that will be exposed to you during this season. Let me tell you something. One of the things that must start happening to you after the next conference is that you must begin to see your inadequacies. Because what conferences like this does for you is to open you naked bare. That, ah, I have work to do. If you, come, if you came out of the conference feeling that, ah, now let me go and scatter, you, you, you did not really hear the conference. But if you came out and felt like, oh boy, ah, take me to the school of sacrifice, oh God. Then you heard the conference. You came out feeling like, ah, God, I can see fully what you want to do with me, but I know by my own strength I cannot achieve this thing. You now lean on him, meaning that your total dependency on him heightens more after the conference. Then you are now talking. If your energy to say, let's go and scatter now, let's go and scatter now, is the one that you see the most. You didn't really hear the conference. But if it's now like, ah, see Goliath in front of me and it's only stone I have. And God says, as it's coming before you, run after him too. Then you heard something there. So let me show you the school upon which Abraham went to that make him, made him the father of nations. Because we can stay there and say, oh, I'm called, I'm the father of nations. I'm, see, listen, oh, everybody has a prophecy from God. Yes or no? Is it all that comes to pass? Some, talk to me now, don't be scared. Is it all that comes to pass? Prophecy is easy. Because the, the, the God, the Father of all spirits, is a speaking spirit. He always speaks. But there must be a divine partnership between you and him in order for that thing to come to pass. So let me take you to the school this morning. Required in order for you to activate the fullness of your calling at this time. So 
So get your pen, your barrels, the chalkboard, the white marker is ready. And let's school together. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. The New King James Version. Genesis 12 and verse 1. Verse 1, please, not verse 2. 12 and verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, the Lord had said, meaning that the Lord had told Abraham this prior to now. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, look at the instruction. He says, get out, out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Pause right there. The first instruction is number one, get out of your country. Number two, get out of your family. Number three, from your father's house. Listen. If you have ever traveled out of this country before, meaning that you traveled on holiday and not Japa, have you realized that the first one week you don't miss Nigeria? The next one week you want to come back home. Be People are not answering. No. Somebody say, now nah, before be that one. Now, the first 12 years, I don't want to see you. Not even come, I don't want to see you. <laughs> You know why? Because it is one of the hardest things to do. Let me give you a very good example. Was it very hard when you moved to the house where you currently stay now to the new house you are moving to or the house you are moving to before or whatever? Even though that new place is better than where you were before, when you were living, was there an emotional attachment that made you feel like, I should still stay a little? Did you? Did you? I know where you were living, that's why. You could not have stayed there. I don't know where I'm just whining. <laughs> Did you feel that way? So God told this man, he says, I'm going to tell you something. You are going to leave your country, your father's house, to a land I will show you. Post there. You can look back now and say, Abraham obeyed God. I was accounted to him as righteousness. But do you know that God can call you now and say, Pastor Tosi, stand up and start walking. And I will show you something. And you are walking. You have really taught me language. Keep going. I will show you something. At some point, won't you think that is the devil that is talking to you? I'm telling you this morning, the school required for the man and the woman that God would do certain things with. Meaning that you can just have an excited conference though. You are just excited and the, the answer, the results of the conference might not show in your life. So we are waiting again for yet another. It's like the pool of Bethesda. The agent will come and stare it once. After a season, if you don't jump in, you have to wait another time. Another next conference is coming. Be there. Another one is coming. We will still talk about it. Maybe they will give it another name. Them icon. What's the name of the next one? The gathering gatherers. Today so we are gathering gatherers. So let's go to the school of obedience this morning. The school of obedience. And so he said, leave your country. Leave, do you know what it means to leave Nigeria? And they take you somewhere to like, uh, uh, which country? 
Papua New Guinea. And you can go one, one whole week without seeing Amala. Amala that wakes. Or Abula. <laughs> you go one week without tasting. The first time I traveled, I was, what, what was this one? They don't eat salt there. They don't eat pepper. Everything is like, is like ice water. Which kind of food is this one? So God told him, leave that place, your country, leave your father. What was that? Oh, wow. This is a big cut. He actually cut my hand. Give me, um, amen. Glory be to God. You will see how I will preach Adam now. Amen. All right. It says, leave your father. Ah, you are in the spirit. Ah. You will live long. That's what it means to partner with the prophetic. Yeah. yeah. You were observing. That's good. That's good. All right. Let's go there. The devil is mad today. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, watch this. So, it says, leave thy father and thy kindred to a place that I will show you. So, it was just blind going. Now, watch this. Verse 2. It now says this. Watch this verse 2 very well. It says, I will make you a great nation. Don't worry. Don't be distracted by this, everyone. I have plenty. It's the blood of Jesus. There's plenty. You see the passion of, of the love of the people. What was that? Hand sanitizer. Eh. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, bring that. If it not work, I'll use it to preach. Let's go on, let's go on, let's go on, let's go on. Don't worry, I'll keep it like this. What would I do with it? Father to church. Spirit. Okay, go and sit down. Let's go on. Aha, this is good. So it says, verse 2. It says, I would make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now watch this, everyone. Watch this. This is so powerful. Meaning that verse 1 and verse 2 are interconnected. It means that if you don't fulfill verse 1, you can never read verse 2. Yes or no? Meaning that your prophecies are anchored on certain divine instructions. Write it down. Don't forget. Write it down. Write it down. Your prophecies are anchored on certain divine instructions. It says, I would make you great, a nation, I would bless you and make your name great. Now, verse 3, this is really where I am going to. Verse 3. It says, and, and verse 2, one of the emphasis in verse 2, it says, to a land I will show you, meaning that the purpose, the journey of your purpose is in a place in God already created. Did you see that? The journey of your purpose is, a, is in a place in God, meaning that your purpose will not be created. 
Your purpose is already created. So the land that he will show him was already created before he sends him to go and look for the place. But look at verse 3. I will show you something in verse 3 you might have not seen before. It says, I would bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curse you. And in you. Let me read again. I would bless those who bless you. I would curse those who curse you. And in you. Now, this is what many of us has read it before. I would bless those who bless you. I would curse those who curse you. And through you. In you and through you are two different things. We want the through us. God is blessing the nations through us. But there is an in you that will produce the through you. You didn't hear it. There is an in you. Meaning that there are certain things that must happen in you before verse 2 can happen. Go back to verse 2 now. Verse 2. Go back quickly. Media. Faster. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. In you. Not through you. There's a difference. Through you means the manifestation of the blessing on your life. In you means the inner walking that must first be walked in order for the through you to happen. <laughs> so this morning, I want to show you through you. Because God would always first start through you before, pardon me, in you before through you. Glory be to God. So then, in Genesis chapter 28, 22 and verse 18, give me the amplified version. Genesis 22 and verse 18. Okay, let's go. Genesis 22 and verse 18. Look at this. It says, And in your seed, Christ, shall all the nations yeah, be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Next verse. Go back. Give me the King James Version. There's a version I'm looking for that says, And through you, all. Now, when that scripture was read, was after he had obeyed. So, obedience would proceed through you. God doesn't start with through you first. It starts with in you first. It must be in you first. Meaning that there must be some certain inner workings that God must work in order for through you to happen. So it's always God bless me. God, I want to bless the people. I want to, God say, okay, no problem. I know you want to bless the people. But can you allow me to start something in you? Before you see through you. That is why the prayer you must be praying now is not God. Use me to touch the world. It's that God, what are the things that must happen in me? What are the workings? What are the things that must die? What are the curriculums that you must take me through? Remember, there are certain curriculums systemized by God for the church for you. And there are certain deficiencies from your family, father or mother, that will not make you to be trained in the way that God makes you to grow. 
And that's why the church will still always be God's last card for the people. So, let us look at certain examples in the Bible that shows us that through and that, that shows us that in Abraham, in him, the whole family was made. Go, to with, go with me to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 6. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 6. And Abraham passed through the land of Shechem as far as the Tabreth tree of Morath. The Canaanites were there in the land. Verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendant I will give this land. Alright. To your descendant. Next verse. Verse 8. Then he moved from the mountain. Verse 7. Verse 9. So Abraham joined together. Verse 12. Verse all right, I want to go to Lot and Abraham because of time. Lot and Abraham. All right, Genesis 13. Genesis 13 and verse 5. We are looking at the in you process right now. Yes or no? That's what we are looking at right now. The in you process. Before the through you. Lot also went with Abraham and his flocks and his head and his tents. The next verse, verse 6. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Meaning that Abraham was so blessed Lot was only a partaker of the blessing of Abraham. Listen, one of the prayers you must pray in this season of your life is divine partnership. Meaning that there are men God has cut covenant with. Your alignment with them you enjoy is what Reverend George calls unjury anointing. Meaning you partake just by association. <laughs> ah, I've mastered that one. Come for course 201. I can teach you. Meaning that you can see what God is doing and align inside. Because God, Jesus told the disciples, cut thy net for a great catch. The people who were just praying around, the word did not come to them. They were not the one that received the word. But did they also carry great catch? Aha. Let's go on. Verse, go back to verse 6. Now the, Lord, the land was able to support them. That, okay, now, verse 7. Verse 7 then says, And there was strife between the headmen of Abraham's flock and the headmen of Lot's livestock and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the, that dwelt in the land. Verse 8. And Abraham said to Lot, Watch this. You've read the scripture, but you've missed something there. He says, please. This is the person that God called covenant with him. He says, please, let there be peace. No strife between you and I. Pause there. Be there, stay, stay there. Don't take it away, please. Abraham knew that one of the things that will stop the flow of God's power and flow of God's grace in my life is strife. But let me tell you something. Abraham had every right under the earth to be angry with that guy. Why? Because it wasn't you God called. You started getting blessed through me. So Abraham can look at him and say, look at this idiot. I was the one that prospered you. Now you also have livestock. You are now talking. But Abraham understood as a man who through, who in him God has done certain works. Said, please, I'm preserving something I can't afford to be fighting. He said, please, let not, let's not have strife. Oh, let's not have strife. He says, you, between me and between the headman and the headman, for we are brethren, we are brothers now, we cannot be fighting. Please, 
this is a man that had the total right to walk him out of that place. He had the total right to tell him that, do you, are you mad? Are you mad? <laughs> he could tell him that. Do you know that God akin to the voice of Abraham? If Abraham had said from this day, water will not flow through your corridors again. Do you know it will happen to Lot? But he said, please, no strife. Look at the next verse. Verse 9. He says, it's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Verse 10. And Lot, watch this. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plains of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of the Egypt as you go towards Zor. So it meant that Lord lifted up his own physical eyes. His own personal eyes. You can see a man that is looking for through him. Not in him. Hey! That's the difference. Two people in the same city. Two people got moving at the time. One was more about what God is going to do through him. Another one started with him. him. Lifted up his eyes physically and started through physical eyes, naked eyes, making decisions based on what he saw. Not knowing that the reason why they got blessed in the first place was a guy who God was walking says, I will bless you, but first you have to leave your father and your mother and your kindred and your country to a place that I will show you. A man who believed, looking for a city whose builders is the Lord's. He didn't know. He thought it was just by physical lifting up your eyes you make decisions. He thought it was just by deciding one day I'm leaving Egypt, I'm going to Canaan. He thought that was what Abraham was doing. He thought Abraham was just making decisions and just saying, say, hey, me too, I will lift up my hand. That's why Abraham said, anywhere you pick, I will pick. It doesn't matter which one you pick. When God has walked a walk through me, in me, it doesn't matter which one you pick. When, you have been, when the work has gone through you, in you, forget it. So, look at this. Next verse, verse 11. Then, Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. He saw that the place was like Bujara, very nice place. Ambience, water was flowing freely. Ships were eating well. The grass was green. Everything looked perfect in the sight. And then Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. Look at the next verse. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the city on the plains, pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Verse 13. But the men of Sodom was exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Next verse. Look at this. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. Lot lifted his own eyes. But Abraham, God told him to lift his own eyes. That's the difference. Meaning that the first one lifts his own eyes. The other one understands that God is the commander-in-chief. Meaning that I will not move an inch until he tells me to. So, Abraham's lifting of his eyes was not an ordinary lifting of his eyes. It was the commandeering of God. Meaning that if God did not tell him to lift up his eyes, he would not lift it up. This was a man who in you shall all the seed of the earth be blessed. 
it was a working in you. It meant that Abraham would stay in Canaan until God told him, lift, now lift your head and see. It says, now, and look for the place where you are. Look at what God now started saying. Lot went to the east. You saw it in our scripture. God now told him, because me, I now commanded you to lift your own head. You didn't lift it on your own accord. Meaning that a man that God is going to use would be a man totally dependent on him. Obedience to God. Let me tell you something. Any pain you currently see in your life is a result of a disobedience you have done. I'm telling you the honest truth. Go and check it. This disobedience and obedience matter is what we want to crack this morning. Because we can come for the next conference and be excited about the conference. But your disobedience is still partnering to your frustration. Meaning that you have been feeling a prompting to pray more. Listen, if you check anybody's life who has certain graces or certain results, is as a result of cumulated obedience over time. Meaning that you see somebody who you love their prayer life, ask them about that prayer life. It's a prayer life of obedience. Meaning that they were praying when they didn't feel like praying, when they felt like praying, and when they didn't think they should pray. Obedience. The man that God would use would be a man he must vestige in him. Lot was after through me. Abraham will start with me because everything with God must start inside out. What you want to see on the outside must be a reflection of your inside. You will never touch on the outside what you have not started dealing with through on your inside. Is somebody here in this world this morning. So God told Abraham at this point, he said, look northward, look southward, look eastward, look westward. It means that God was telling him that even the place that Lord took, now you get out. A fool that was just lifting up his head. How, how do you lift up your head when God has not told you to? How do you make that decision when God has not told you to? Listen, let me tell you something. There are certain, about five of them, there are certain decisions in your life you cannot make without God. Listen, you make it without God, you step back five times backwards. I'm telling you the other truth. I have decided in this season of my life, it's like I've crossed to 50. I've decided now that I will say the truth. Before I used to, woman, I used to just say, when I would talk, I would pull back. Now, ah, oh, the lion has foolish emerged. I will say it the way it ought to be said. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are some decisions you cannot make if you have, if God Himself has not lifted up your eyes. The moment you have accumulated decisions where you are always the one lifting up your head, lifting up your head, lifting up your head, check it very well. You are more after through you. Not knowing that what produces through is in. See, I pray that some of you, your prayer points after the next conference should actually be God. This glutonic eating spirit, kill it. That's first prayer point. Some of you, your, your appetite will stop your destiny. Your appetite. That will be the very reason for your destiny not to move faster. Don't joke. Oh. Not everything you see is all that you see physically. 
there are things in the realms of the spirit that commandeers the things on the earth. Some of you, your word gauge is so low that God cannot impute a new curriculum from the deficiencies of your family line. Meaning that the way you ought to train your own children and the way you, you ought to retrain yourself, God cannot impute it into your spirit. Jesus said, this can't go not out by prayer or fasting. There are certain things you cannot enter. Until, listen, go and check the Bible. Everybody who did any major thing for God, they went through the process of dying to self. Meaning that there were restraints. If you live a life without restraint, you are not going anywhere. There must be certain restraints according to your divine pattern that must be restrained to you. I'll give you an example. Mary could not be a prostitute because according to divine pattern, she had to be a virgin. Meaning that for you to be chosen as Mary, what must qualify you as Mary first? You must be a virgin. You can love God. You can pray 10 hours. But if you are not a virgin, you cannot be married and born Jesus. Because according to prevent prophecies that has preceded Mary, you have to be a virgin. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it means that every single one of us, we have certain principles God, by divine wisdom, has cut across for you. You cannot, you cannot just say me, I just, me, no. In the same way, I just don't hang out with anybody. You can't catch me doing parapo. I'm just gallivanting the place with people. I don't do that. A little level, level, you know, one suggestion can kill the move of God in my life. Oh, yes. Jesus, the same Peter came to Jesus. He says, who the man said that I am? He said, you are the Christ. He said, upon this rock would I be in my church. He's the same Peter. Jesus was about to go and die. Peter looked at him and says, you will not die. Jesus said, get you behind me, Satan. Jesus could discern who was talking at the time. The same Peter that built church with his words was the same Peter that was going to allow the same church that was going to be built as well not to die so that the church can really start. There are restraints that God must impute into you. Yeah. There are restraints. When we talk about the faith of Abraham, what really is the faith of Abraham? The faith of Abraham is number one, leaving your father, your mother, your kindred. Number two, giving up your only son. Number three, the faith of Abraham is going to a land looking for whose builder is the Lord. What are those three? It means certain constraints. That's what we call the faith of Abraham. That was now accounted to him as righteousness. Glory be to God. And so you see, right there, if you go to because of time, my time, is, my time is fast spent. Abraham, Genesis chapter 14 and verse 14. There was a battle. Abraham had 318 men in his own household who were battle ready. Whose household do you belong to? Whose army are you fighting in? Do you know that there is no, there is no isolated army? Meaning I'm just fighting for God on my own. They kill you cheap. They kill you cheap. Every army must belong to a battalion. Oh, yes. And every battalion has certain generals that command their it. Who's army? Abraham had 318 of them trained in his house, meaning that they had certain curriculum. And if you understand, because of time, I want to really run. But if you understand, you will know that Abraham was not a man of war. But it meant that inside that household, 
there were seven certain trainings they all had to go through together because Abraham was the one that went to lead the fight. So it meant that he needed military inside his destiny. Sometimes you might not really know what you need. But when you are in that army, the things you need to know is added to you in conversations, in trainings, in discipleship, required for your destiny. How would Abraham lead an army if he doesn't know how to fight? How? Is, somebody, is God talking to somebody this morning? Is God talking to somebody this morning? Is God talking to somebody this morning? In you shall all be blessed. It must start from you. Open with me. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. I want to show you something so powerful. Because in this generation, we shout the gospel, the gospel. The gospel started in the New Testament. The gospel is Genesis, is Matthew. Matthew is the gospel. Okay, what then is this gospel? Let's read it together. Everyone, one, two, ready, read. And the scripture... For seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham. Pause there. It meant that Abraham heard the gospel. <laughs> Who is the gospel? Christ. It means that God before time, see, the kind of insight you have as a man that is obedient to God, it will show you things ahead of your generation that it will take several years for your generation to catch up. They were still before the days of the law. Before the days of Exodus. Before the days of Moses. Abraham already heard the gospel. Jesus. Abraham heard the gospel. The gospel did not start when Jesus died. Abraham had insight to the gospel. He said, who then taught Abraham the gospel? Who taught Abraham the gospel? God. Look at it now. It's there. It's in the scripture. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand. It means in it broken, it means day day. It says, saying, in all the nations shall be blessed. In you. In you. Did you say that again? In you. The gospel. So what is the gospel? Christ died. He rose. He resurrected. We call that the gospel. Yes. Was the gospel preached to Abraham? Yes. Meaning that until Christ died, the seeds of the earth was not blessed yet. There was manifestation of it, but the seed, meaning that the moment Christ died, the blessing began. And the blessing is not the blessings. Oh. Because you can be praying for the blessings of God. But what you have is the blessing of God. What is the blessing of God? Christ has blessed me with all spiritual blessing. The moment Jesus Christ died on the cross, that's the blessing. So you are not trying to be a blessed man. You are blessed. This was the gospel Abraham heard. God himself taught Abraham the gospel. The Bible says in the book of Romans, how would they hear the gospel if there are no preacher? So God himself became a preacher man. <laughs> Carry Bible. See, what God will do with a man that is obedient to him, he will bypass many things. 
Angels did not teach Abraham the gospel. God himself. Maybe God carried Bible for hand. If you want to do like Esu, carry bag for hand. Go house of Abraham. Say, this Jesus is coming home. Your seed. Taught him the gospel before time. The insight you have based on obedience. Meaning that God says, offer up Isaac. And you are about to say, don't worry. I've seen that you will listen to me. Now, have you seen the sand? Have you seen the sky? So shall I see thee. Those utterance don't come out if there are no obedience on the ground. There are certain utterances that is only provoked by obedience. And it only comes out by a man who has decided not through me first, in me. If there are certain frustrations in your life, go and check the cumulativeness of your instructions and your obedience to them. You can't bypass the school of obedience. This is the first curriculum that you must take home. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? This is the first school of the spirit, the school of obedience to God. The school of obedience to God. Go and check it very well. Some of the things, many people you are suffering even to now, go and check it. Some of the areas that has given you the pain the most, it was because you disobeyed certain signals that you ought to obey. Obedience to God. And let me say something about obedience. There is a way we say delayed obedience is disobedience. Let me give you a heightened one. Partial, partial obedience is still disobedience. Meaning it says jump seven times and you jump six and a half. It's still disobedience. Obedience is completing the process. If God told Abraham, take your son to Mount Moriah and he took him to Mount Horeb. They are both mountains but they are different. I know you're in this, I, I'm not sure I'm talking to the new this morning. They are both mountains, but they are different. We do what God says us to do as how he wants us to do because he's the one that knows what we need to do to enter into what we need to enter into. He's the one. So you can't obey halfly and think you've gotten it. If you like, let all these extra zealous preachers teach you the gospel that is not. Telling you that the moment Christ paid it all, you are, you, are, you are okay. You have been blessed with all spiritual. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's no need for obedience. Obedience, Christ is the obedience. The moment Christ has died is now the obedience. Is now the sacrificial lamb that was slain. So no need. Just follow it through and through. Don't worry. Just. One of the people that preach rest the most, Dr. K, is one of the most worded people I know. I've lived with him. Every time I go to America, I'm around him. I know his routine. What is yet always plugged. Always plugged. See, there are certain things you can hear and talk about. I didn't have time to enter some of those things at the next conference because I was just trying to. Before the news started, Dr. K felt impressed in the spirit. He was praying. He started what we call pray with Dr. K a year before the news started. Remember? A year. By 12 o'clock every day, he would pray one hour every day. He would ask people to join him one hour every single day. 12 o'clock. He never missed it. Even when he's on air, he will come down and do it. He has reduced it now. Obedience. When I was on campus, that year, when we were on campus, Dr. K, as he's landing from America, he would enter the next available car and enter Ife. There was no time. He, he, there, see, 
there are he would have missed a generation if he didn't follow that obedience. They would have not been new today. May God restore you the opportunities of obedience. Obedience to God. This is the first, the first point of call for purpose. Your purpose cannot be actualized if you are not willing to partner. Let me put this up. Let me take it this way. Your purpose cannot be actualized in Christ if you are not first willing to be obedient with him in Christ. Meaning that purpose you can achieve it whatever way you want to achieve it. But in him, meaning that there is a divine assignment in him, you are, you are, there is a box you are ticking off in him. Meaning that in heaven there is a register that according to the time of life, this is what Pastor Matthew ought to be doing now. And you are ticking that obedience box. In him. In him. So let me close. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. You must understand that God started and finished your purpose before your purpose ever started. Meaning that, you see, the Bible says in the book of, I think it's Acts. Let me look for that scripture. Acts chapter 2 and verse 23. Meaning that the death of Jesus was a fulfillment of divine purpose. Meaning that some of the pain you will go through is a fulfillment of divine purpose. The death of Jesus was a fulfillment of So some of the pain you go through is a fulfillment of divine purpose. Give me the King James Version. All right. Declaring say declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times saying that are not yet done saying my counsel the version says my purpose shall stand and I would do all my pleasure declare from the end from the beginning that's why they call him the alpha the omega the beginning and the end meaning your purpose your purpose starts when Jesus and God finishes it so you are not coming to the earth to start a purpose. It has already started and has finished. That is why there is no purpose outside him. The moment you take yourself out of him, you are doing life, not purpose. <laughs> because you can do life and do well. But there is a difference between do life, do well, and do life and do God. You didn't hear me. Doing good doesn't mean you are doing God, though. They are philanthropists giving gifts to all the poor in the world. But is it God? Is it Christ-oriented? He says, if, if you like, give all your body to the poor. If you have not love, what is love? God. Meaning, if you have not God, all you are giving is philanthropists. It does nothing to the kingdom. It is not a kingdom agenda. It's your own willingness to bless man. And it's okay. And God thanks you for it. But that, that is ticked as righteousness, it must follow the pattern of purpose. It must follow the pattern to which God has designed it for you to follow. Number two. Is somebody learning good this morning? Oh, I can't hear you. You must also understand that God always speaks in the past concerning your future and your, concerning your purpose. It says, I have made you a father of all nations. Wasn't that what he told Abraham? I have made you I have made you past tense. God always speaks futuristic. 
but you will see it in the way that is been said as done. I have made you. Meaning that I'm not going to make you. I have already made you. So before you say I'm the father of nation, I'm called to do purpose, I'm called to ministry. He has made you into it already. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's look at Romans chapter 4 verse 17. Romans 4 verse 17. Romans 4 17. Romans 4 it says, as it is written, I have made you. Does that sound like pastors? Yes or no? I have made you. Meaning that your purpose has already been made. I have made you a blessed man. I've made you. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. Let's go that. Jeremiah 1 and verse 4. Holy. Holy. Thank you, Lord. Are you, Lord? Jeremiah 1 verse 4. Then the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, next verse, before I formed past tense. Did you see that? So, God has a way of talking to us based on what he has said and done and completed. So, when God says, you are mighty man of valor, believe it because it has already been finished before he said it. That's who you are. God calls so, see, God doesn't say what he has not finished first. Uh, you see, if you understand this, you would run with prophecies and rejoice over prophecies. Because God will not declare something he has not established. He will not say things he has not done. He's not, try, he's not doing best Nigeria. He's not, he's not just trying to, he's not playing with your emotions. Glory to God. Say very loud, God is not playing with my emotions. That's a powerful word right there. He's not telling you something to make you feel good. It's not play. He only tells you something he has finished. He said, before I formed you, I knew you. Look at what it says. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And what? Ordained you. So really and truly, when we ordain people physically, it is only for the people that don't know their divine ordination to acknowledge their ordination. But the real ordination had already been done before the foundation of the earth. The moment God calls you, he ordains you for certain assignments. And this is not only for pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, or evangelists. Every divine assignment, divine agenda on the surface of the earth has a divine ordination. If you are called to government, there is a divine ordination required for you to function. Kings don't just become kings. There must be something that comes upon their head. Because the scepter of kingship is power. Somebody hear something this morning. So your divine ordination has already been completed the moment he gave birth to you. He said, before I formed you, media, come on, put it there. He says, I ordained you a prophet to nations, S included. Can you see that his geography was already mapped out? God doesn't have mental problem. God will first create Eden before he makes Adam and Eve. You didn't hear it. He didn't drop Adam and Eve, then start saying, let's create Eden, no. Your place in him was formed. That's why you must not cross another man's lane. 
because your own jurisdiction in destiny is already cut out. It's your own. So what you do, you magnify your own. Stop looking, stop trafficking on other people's lane. Sit on your own, magnify your own. Make your own be the biggest. Glory to God. Magnify your own office. Magnify your own assignment. That your own Eden was created before Adam was created. He didn't make Adam and Eve and start looking, well, we need to create Eden, they need to be water. No, he finished it, then brought them in. You were brought in after your assignment was completed. All you need to do is to just keep working with him. But the only way you can work with him to fulfill that assignment is what Abraham did. Now, let's take it back. In him, meaning that your obedience is the GPS required to navigate the journey to fulfill the purpose. Come on now. I speak by the power of the Spirit right now. Every force holding you from obedience. In the authority of Jesus, I declare that force broken over your life. From today, the easiest thing for you to do will be to obey God. Receive grace to obey. 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 I speak over you. In this hour, may your GPS be clear. If you are using a Google map and you enter an area and there is no network in that area, even though you have been driving either to getting the road right, you enter an area that the GPS is wrong. That's why you must learn who you camp with. Because there are some people you camp with them, their, their antenna will destroy your own signal. So your GPS shuts down. You can't listen to the command control center. But when you can stay connected to the GPS, because the, see, the fulfilling of purpose is in Christ. Anything outside Christ is not purpose. It's man's will. And you can do well outside Christ. Amen? Yeah, you can do well outside him. But for you to tick the box of kingdom, it must be in him. Anything that is not in him or, and is done for him is still not in him and for him. So I speak over you again. Post next conference. May the passions of God begin to lift your two hands up. Begin to burn in your heart to do his divine will on the earth. May the strength required May the adjustments required the things you need to do to shift the processes required the painful process of in him in him that painful process may you go through it receive grace to go through it receive grace to go through it listen I felt led to say something look at me everyone as I close Listen, there is times and seasons. The rice you cooked two weeks ago and you didn't put it inside your freezer, you can't eat it after service today. Meaning that that's what many of us do. Things that was cooked three weeks ago that you ought to have eaten, the thing has spoiled. Now you are hungry, you are going back there to eat it. 
it will constipate you. So you must, that's why he says he daily loads us with benefits. Meaning that every time the instruction comes daily, you must obey daily. Obedience of yesterday, disobedience of yesterday is still disobedience. Now, I declare, receive fresh grace to obey daily. As the instruction comes, receive the empowerment to obey them. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy over you, you will not be small. You didn't say it very loud. You will not be small. Your potentials will be seen. Now, let me also speak to the people by the Spirit who have divine assignments in God who are taking their time that eventually one day I know I will still do it. <laughs> Ooh, boy. There is a day and the only day is the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is the day he speaks it. That's the day of the Lord. There is never a time you would wait on something and eventually try and enter into it. You must have caught several seasons. And because, listen to this, oh, and if you like, let all these preachers be telling you rubbish. God is a God of agenda. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Meaning that even himself said, if they will not praise me, I will raise stones. Meaning that because God is a God of agenda and there is timing in his agenda. They asked him, when would Jesus come back? When would he come back? He said, it's only God. He has it in his hands. He knows the times. Meaning that there is a divine timing in which certain things will be fulfilled. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There was a time Jesus had to come. There was a time Jesus had to come. And Jesus had to come at the time when Ananias was in the temple waiting for him. Ahaz had to see the glory of that king. Time and season hit together. It means that you can delay and disobey assignment and your assignment is withdrawn for another person. I hope you know that. Let me close with this. First time I'm uttering this out openly. When I was on campus, I will close with this story. When I was on campus in my part three, I had a dream. In that dream, before this time, I had not met Dr. K. I want you to hear something very deep because the king sends his people to go and call people to come and eat on a feast. Some of them, the first batch of people he called did not come. Do you know that story? He had to send them again to go and call. The people that came were not the first people that were supposed to be there. Meaning that you can enter into somebody else's assignment because somebody else disobeyed. When I was on campus, I had a dream. In that dream, I saw Dr. K. I had not been close to him that time. I saw him. He was packing his bags. He looked where two of us. He said, let's go. We are going to African nations. We are going to African nations. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Pack your bags. Let's go. This is the first time I'm uttering this. I've only said this to amongst my core leaders. Pack your bag. Let's go. It was, I started packing my bags. We were two of us in that dream. I know that person, the second person in that dream. I know that person very well. The person was packing the bag. I was the smallest. I was the youngest. I was the, person. the person was packing the bag. After a while, the person packed the bag, left the bag, and stood away. And I was saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're in a hurry, let's go. So I carried the bag. I carried his own. And I followed Dr. K. And I woke up. 
that is the person that's supposed to be doing what I'm doing today. I'm telling you the truth. I know. You know, I've heard Pastor Pastor say that, that he comes to a time in ministry that you see somebody doing what you're supposed to do and you know that that's the person. Let me share a story with you. Let me close. Reverend George shared the story. I've heard it from him. He told me the story, not only in message, personally too. He said there was a time he went to Kenya. He went to preach a message in Kenya. The first day of that message was a three-day crusade. Ah, such a glory. Such a glory in this room this morning. I wish I had time. We will just enter and flow in the spirit. So that hands can be laid and things holding people down can break forth. Break forth. Oh, fountains of the deep. Because you can listen to next conference, we are hyped to change the world. But the instructions required to change the world. You don't have the strength and the energy to do it. You don't have the willingness to obey. You are, you are as good as those that stayed at home that didn't hear it. He that hears the word and he that doesn't germinate and bear fruit is as good as he didn't hear anything. Don't waste next conference. Though. God is saying, start that primary school something. That parenting thing that has been on your heart. That thing, you are just saying, I will do it, I will do it. Let me tell you something. Let me close with the story. He said, he went to preach. He sat down there, he was a guest speaker. First day, he came up stage, he was preaching. As he was preaching, he saw a man in his 70s. The man had a white hair and he was wearing white clothes. He was looking at the man while he was preaching, he was wondering, why is this man staring? He said, after some time while he was preaching, he would see that the man was crying. He was wondering, ah, what's making this man to cry? May God restore your years lost. He said, what's making this old man cry? He kept on preaching. Day two, he came again. The first day, he preached on prayer. The second day, he preached on the power of the word. While he was preaching, the man sat there again, looking at him crying. The same man, in the same seat, on the same spot. He was wondering, ah, who is this man? The third day, he preached on the word. He couldn't take it anymore while he was preaching. He saw the man. After he was done preaching, he was going to the hotel room. He called the protocol. He said, that man, please let me get that man. What would make a 70-something-year-old man that has white hair sit on the same seat, look at me and be staring and be crying while I'm preaching? So he called the man to his hotel room. He said, sir, what's going on? The man looked at him and was in tears. The man said, he said, sir, while you were preaching, you shared a story and you said something. Let me now share my own story with you. He said, when I was on campus, the man speaking now, he said, I felt called to ministry and I knew that I was called to ministry. But I went back home, I was studying law. I told my parents that God has called me to ministry. I want to do ministry. I must do ministry. My parents said, never over my dead body will you do ministry. You can never do ministry. So they frustrated ministry and they said, I will not do it. And so I obliged with them. But before that time, I was praying. And God told me while I was praying that this is my vision and assignment for you. He said he heard a word from God saying to him in these words, I have called you, I have chosen you, I have ordained you to take my word to the nation, emphasizing it as its final integrity. Reverend just said, what did you say? He said God told him when he was on campus, I have called you, I have chosen you, I have ordained you to take my words to the nation, emphasizing it as its final. Reverend said, what did you say? The man said it the third time. Do you know if you've heard Reverend George very well, 
That's the same word that anchors the ministry of that man, Reverend George. The man said, that's not all. He said, I remember after they frustrated me and I was not going to do ministry, I left it. See, let me tell you something. Your life is your own. Oh, this, my parents want this, my parents want this. You better stop it all. Okay, on judgment day, is it dual purpose? It's you. It's you. He said, I went back to U.S. He said, I sat in my hotel room one day and I was just there, ministry, there, nothing to do. He said, I felt that something lifted off me. The man said, he said, I felt something lifted off me. Reverend George asked him, what year was that? He said, 1970 something. He said, what month was that? He mentioned the month. Reverend George started crying. He said, that was the same month. The same year. He was praying and God told him, I have called you. I have chosen you. Transferred assignment. Do you think that Jesus, do you think that God, do you think that God could be held on ransom if Jesus said, I'm not doing it again? Before Adam started to sin, there was a plan B. If Jesus did anything there's a plan C. God can, are you hearing what I'm saying? God can never be held handicapped. <laughs> can never. That's why in church, somebody say, I'm not doing it again. I'm leaving this church. They're not giving me this thing. They're not giving me a special. As you are leaving, five other people are entering. God's work can never die. Because he has a divine agenda. Obey promptly when you hear this instruction. Glory be to God. You are going to worship God once minute and let the grace rest. You deserve the glory. No, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's not a song. My lifetime, I will give God. Let's close with that. Lift your hands to God. Everyone. Can I add money shots to go on our knees, everybody? If you can. in the Lord. He will never, ever Now raise your hands. Sing it out loud. One more time. My lifetime Sing! Korabala
for the very last time. Sing it from your heart. Make this a commitment, a declaration, a consecration. My lifetime. greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.